Running Wild with Christine, sex, success, and other slippery rabbit holes. Welcome to episode 52 with Ashley Taylor. Hi, Hello. Ashley. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so, so good. I'm so excited. So, you guys, Ashley is an actress, a writer, and a cam girl. Mm-hmm. She was introduced to me virtually by Kelly from episode 50. Um, so Kelly and I were talking about the universe and things that, that come together and like the little instances where we're like, Oh, funny how the universe resonates. And then the next day she had coffee with you. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy how things come together. You just never know, like all the little synchronicities and the little things that happen. Uh, it, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it's, I'm so excited because we did have Tyler Harris on the podcast, if you guys listened, um, who does camming from a guy's perspective, and we talked about his story with that, um, but I feel like your story is quite different to his, and I'm always down to have people on who do quote-unquote marginal activities as yeah. you know, <laughs> their go-to, and uh, I think you addressed this in your YouTube video, which, you know, all the stuff will be in the description. Uh, and you do it super openly. So you do all mm-hmm. of It's not like Tyler, he has his camming personality and his camming yeah. life. And then his personal life. That was actually really important to me when I first started all of this because I am, I don't know, I'm, I hate keeping secrets and I understand why a lot of people would want to have a separate persona with camming or would not want to tell people. But for me, I just, I just really wanted it to be all one thing. Um, you know, I've had, uh, managers in New York for acting and I tell them, you know, I don't ever want this to be something that I feel like I need to hide. Again, I understand people will not want to always open up about it. Um, and sometimes I can see maybe the benefit of having a persona, Mm -hmm. um, instead of just always being yourself and putting yourself out there. But yeah, that was super important to me to be very open about it. Yeah. I, I love that. That was very appealing to me. Um, so let's, backtrack before we dig into the deep of this um where did you grow up i grew up in lynchburg virginia Mm -hmm. and did you stay there until like the end of high school was like your whole life there or uh no so i grew up in lynchburg virginia which is a super religious town jerry falwell and liberty university it's really conservative Mm -hmm. Uh, but i went to school uh outside of lynchburg in Richmond. And then after school, I, I moved all the way to LA and I lived in LA for a while. And then now I'm in New York. Nice. What did you, what took you to LA? Well, I studied theater in college Mm -hmm. and, uh, in my senior year, I was just having, um, I don't know. I just had the urge to go to Los Angeles. I always wanted to go to LA, even when I was really, really little. And then during college, I thought maybe I would go to New York, but I don't know. The bug just kind of bit me. I was like, let's just go for it. And and we had been doing uh, workshops in LA and in New York, and I had a pretty good reception in LA and I just really liked LA. So I just, I just went, I had no apartment. I had nothing. I think I stayed at like, I don't think it was a day's in, but something very similar. And I was like, I'm going to find something, you know, (laughs) just really went out there with a dream. Um, so yeah, that's why I went to LA. That's crazy. And so how did it, how how did it happen? You get there, lost little puppy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What happened? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I was there for a while. Uh, and I, 
you know, I did what most people with no connections in Los Angeles do, which is just try your best, do a lot of waitressing, learn what you can, um, do a lot of background work, yeah. things like that. Um, and uh, eventually, um, I kind of had a, a hard situation near the end of my time in LA, which led to camming. Yeah. Um, so I, I love yeah. that both our stories, both our big connectors are heartbreak. <laughs> like, yeah. Mine too. Um, which, you know, happens. But how long were you in the relationship with this person that led to your big change? I, I was in a relationship with them for three years and we had lived together the entire time. Um, and they are honestly, you know, like, I mean, it sounds cliche to talk about, but they were like the love of my life. My family had met them. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, finally, you know, Ashley found someone who's like a good person. And I really trusted them. They were like the first person that I had been with that I, I don't know, it was just really beautiful. And I still actually have so many, I have love for them still in my heart, but how old were you when this was how old were you for that relationship um I was 24 to about 27 28 okay yeah so it's like that big I I find that that's the years like when you have a stable relationship it just feels Mm -hmm. like that's gonna be it because basically your whole life you've been socialized to be like mid to late yeah. 20s. And oh my gosh, through my 20s, I was a serial monogamist. Like I wasn't like a serial dater where I would date someone for like a month and then that would be it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to date this person for a year. I moved out to LA with someone that I had been with for three years. Yeah. So it was like, I was just my, almost my whole 20s, like very seriously with another person. Um, and I think too, it's interesting you bring up like that time period because mm-hmm. Okay, I know some people might not be into this, but I kind of believe in like the return of Saturn when you're having your kind of, it's an astrology when you turn about 28, like things just kind of go haywire and you really have to reassess your life. And I think whether or not you believe in astrology, that time period in general, it's a time of big change, I think. And it also kind of looking back at your life and seeing where you maybe could improve. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Totally agree. My book came out when I two months after I turned twenty eight. So like, <laughs> I totally get it. Yeah. Um, so so what happens then in this? You're in this relationship. You kind of depend on it for your rent, mm-hmm. and your lives are super intertwined. And then yeah. what happens? So yeah, you know, we were very broke together. You know, we once paid our rent in a dollar and change, oh but we were happy. Like it was stressful, but yeah. we had each other. It was fine. Um, but then in around October or November of 2015, I could tell something was going on with them. I could tell that they were thinking very heavily about something and they were acting in a way that they had previously made fun of me for acting. You know, I am someone who appreciates just kind of sitting quietly, you know, and, and maybe meditating and I would come home and then they were sitting quietly in a room and I was like, this is something's going on. And I would ask if they were okay, but I didn't want to cry. I was like, you'll, I know they'll come to me when they're ready. Mm -hmm. And, uh, eventually they did. And they revealed to me that they, um, were questioning their identity. 
and I had had two glasses of wine <laughs> before <laughs> this conversation, and I'm a really open person, and I just kind of was like, well, wait, do you, are you gay? And they were like, no, I'm not questioning, like, my my sexual uh, orientation. Really? I think I'm questioning my gender identity, and they revealed to me that they wanted to, um, that they identified as female, and I mean, I honestly was, like, excited when I, you know, I was, like, supportive, yeah. and to me, I'm very, you know, my film is an LGBTQ film. I've always been, uh, you know, I myself am, uh, I guess what you could say, pan or bi or I just, Queer, yeah. I don't know, like these things, uh, I, I'm not, uh, I hate to say bothered by, but it's yeah. just, I was just, I want them to be happy yeah. and I wanted to be there for them. And I was just kind of like, you know, if I said, I love you all this time before and all of a sudden now I don't feel like I love you because you're wanting to identify, you're identifying this way. Then did I really ever love you? Like yeah. to me, it's just like what's on the inside, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, I'm supportive of whatever you want to do. I want you to be happy. And I said, if you feel like we can't be together while you are going through this, it will suck, but I just need you to let me know. Like, yeah. I just need you to, I'll, I'll accept it, you mm-hmm. know, but, uh, they said that they wanted to try to stay together. And I was really supportive of that. And, you know, we had really serious conversations too. Like when you start, uh, before you start hormone replacement therapy, you know, you need to save like your sperm and things like that. Because once you start, um, you can't really have children. So we would have conversations about, well, what do you want to do about that? And we both kind of were talking about like adoption would be a good thing because I have parents who were really horrible and I've depended on the goodwill of others. I have what I consider adoptive parents. So basically, you know, we were, it, it seemed as though things were okay. We were getting closer. And then, uh, a few, they started hormone replacement therapy. And then by March of 2015, uh, they they said that they wanted to maybe live by themselves and i understood that yeah. and um i said that we you know we obviously need to plan this because we're both we're like we're a barista and a waitress you know yeah. we're really <laughs> trying our hardest to live yeah. <laughs> and uh you know it seemed like everything was okay but i had this feeling that they weren't telling me everything And I don't condone this. This wasn't, you know, how our relationship was when we were together. But I, I just had a feeling that they were not revealing something to me. And so I decided to read a journal that they, Mm -hmm. I had given to, to her for uh, Christmas. And in that journal, I found an entry where she was talking about how she was kind of falling in love with another person. And I confronted her about that. And she immediately said, I'm leaving tomorrow. And she went to go live with her boss. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and then just left me, you know, and pretty much that was it. You know, Um, we've spoken in the years since all of this, Mm -hmm. but at the time it was really just kind of like, you know, I'm out and it was really, really jarring. I'm getting emotional thinking about it, but yeah. And so I was really heartbroken, obviously. And I was also, um, didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. So I basically started, uh, 
working a ton. I, I worked uh, at a gym from like six in the morning to 12. And then I would work at a restaurant from like one to 9 p.m. And I was doing this every day, mm-hmm. like trying to get through being heartbroken. And I don't know. I don't know if I like when you're in a hole to begin with, it's hard to get out of. Yeah. So even though I was working like 60 hours a week at these very pretty much like not high paying jobs. Yeah. I still wasn't able, I could barely afford my rent. You know, I was in LA in the same apartment for years. So I started asking like my corner store, like, can I get this box of macaroni and cheese? And can I pay you like in two days? Um, so I was really struggling. I was really like, I don't know what I'm going to do. They eventually got sick of me doing that. Yeah. You know, they yelled at me one day. I was like, this is so like, it was really heartbreaking in another way because it's like, this was the corner store where, you know, I would bring them donuts on Christmas and they gave me cookies on my birthday. And then it's like, I've just burnt out that. Yeah. Yeah. A really hard time. And, uh, I don't know. I just sat down in my apartment one day. It was, and I remembered uh, when I was in college, a girl that I knew had told me about camming. And I looked into it back then, but I kind of just chickened out. Like the way she described it was, oh, I just like smoke cigarettes and talk to guys and they like pay me to do that. And I was a smoker at the time. So I was like, oh, really? (laughs) I'll do that, you know? Um, but then I, I looked into it, uh, when I was still in college and I just kind of chickened out, but in this moment, I don't know what it was. I was sitting at home, exhausted, scared, not knowing what I was going to do. And I remembered it and I decided to research it and look into it. And I was honestly really shocked and amazed, um, you know, I saw the income potential. So I haven't really touched on this part of the story, but before all of this happened, I had been working on a film with a writing partner of mine. We had written, um, we had written a film called Dressed as Girl, and it was our dream to get it made. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we didn't have any money or connections, but we just believed it would happen. They ended up moving to um, New York and actually finding people who wanted to make it, and we still needed to find finances. Yeah. So... I'm looking at the income potential for camming and a lot of these women who are in the top are making like a hundred thousand to $150,000 a month, like every single month. month. And I just remember thinking to myself, I can do this. I can get out of the hole I'm in now and I'll never have to depend on anyone else to make my project. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, I hate to cuss or whatever, but I was like, I'll never have to be anyone's bitch for my project. <laughs> like I can have it the way I want it to be. I can do what I want to do, say what I want to say. And there we go. Mm-hmm. And so that was a big driving factor too. And the more I researched it, um, I realized that there's a lot of creativity that goes into camming. Yeah. Um, at least on on the site I'm on. I don't know every other site, but I'm on my free cams and it's people will put on productions. They will put on shows and there's a huge community feel to it as well. And I, a part of my research before beginning, I decided to watch and I got roped into all of the, there's like drama on the mm-hmm. site. There's a monthly contest for, um, you know, miss MFC and mm-hmm. it's all based on how many tokens are earned. And so there's always like a fight between the top three, like who's going to be the top three. And I remember watching the top three. I was like, this is such a soap opera. <laughs> like, 
who's gonna be oh no oh no like she passed her she passed, like what's gonna happen and and there's all this drama between the girls and the members and it really is it's like a weird like kind of you know you read tabloids yeah, with celebrity yeah. drama it's kind of like that on on the site sometimes and I remember watching one model um her name was Kickass, and I was really inspired by her because her shows were just I don't know she was just super creative and I just liked her energy yeah um, so that's pretty much how it started. You know, I was just in this place of complete and utter despair. <laughs> oh and, my gosh. Yeah. And I just really was, I just realized like I could do so much if I could just yeah use this to fund my other projects. Yeah. Um, that was the goal in the beginning. And I was so depressed about everything that happened with my ex. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing that like, really kept me alive was thinking about that so that's pretty much what happened I did end up moving back to Virginia because you know with camming it's uh it can be really isolating and I had no idea what I was doing yeah I was gonna ask you the same question that I asked um Tyler what happens on the first time you log in like what was your first cam well, I mean, there's only so much you can learn from reading about it on forums and like on the <laughs> internet and stuff like that. <clears throat> you know, even just the simple things like how the interface of the website works when you're broadcasting. I would never done anything like this in my life. Like I'd never done any stripping. I'd never like I, the, the most like risque thing I had done was I was like, I would perform in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, you know, <laughs> on the weekends sometimes. And, uh, I mean, I was open to all of that, but, you know, I had, you know, I grew up having body confidence issues. Like, I just did not know anything. But, uh, yeah, so the first night, May 24th, 2015, (laughs) um, my camiversary, as they call it, is coming up. Um, You know, I just had to bite the bullet, and I was going to log on at 7 p.m., but I was so nervous that I drank an entire bottle of wine and didn't (laughs) log on until 2 (laughs) a.m. I was so scared. Like, I was just so nervous because here's the thing, too, about my free cams. It's an added pressure that really works on the site, but when you're a new model, you have what's called a new model tag. And it's like your time to go. You've got to build up what is called your cam score because that's how you're ranked on the site. And if your cam score is lower, you get less traffic. So it's that added pressure of I've got to do well, like immediately. Yeah. Um, So I just hit log in and I was just like, I was blaring music. I was wearing cat ears because that was like my thing when I first started. (laughs) I mean, all cam girls, I think a lot of them wear cat ears, but I was like, I'm going to wear cat ears every day. So I have my cat ears on. I have my shirt on. I'm like trying to remember how to do everything. And the room is just filling up. You know, when you have the new model tag, it's yeah. like people are coming like right away. And people were really nice. I was just like, hey, guys, I'm sorry. I don't know how to do any of this. And they were helping me. And um, it was really good. You know, I was just like dancing and lip syncing songs and just trying to have a good time. And, um, I, you know, it felt like it was a it was a good first night, you know. I had one person tip me like a thousand tokens, like immediately. Ooh. And you know, honestly, looking back, I there are things I obviously could have done better. I could have stayed course. online longer, but I think it was just the sheer. Like I remember when the countdown for like topless happened. It was like the first time I'm like 
showing myself to the world, like, here we go. It was just like, it was exhilarating, you know? Um, was it empowering in a way, that moment? It was, yeah. Especially too, because, you know, I grew up with body issues and being a little bit insecure about my body and, and sex in general. And just to to do this and to to you know you see yourself kind of too yeah. on the screen and it's just like people are enjoying it i'm enjoying it it's liberating in a way it's like okay so all of these negative things i've been telling myself about my body and about my sexuality no i can embrace this i love it you know it was really cool that's amazing and yeah. so how long how long did you come for that first round that first night, probably only like two or three hours, really. Yeah. I think I was just like, you know, the count got cleared a lot faster than I thought. Because <laughs> I had a count for like shirt off and then topless. And again, I didn't know what I was doing. Like going back, I probably would have had more things prepared, more videos to sell, more deals to uh, sell. Like I didn't have my Snapchat or anything together. And I don't know, I just felt so exhilarated and I wanted to mention this too because this is always something that I find to be just so representative of, of just or it just makes me happy my very first tip on the site was for 25 tokens and it was because I had listed Shaun of the Dead as being one of my favorite movies <laughs> and just somebody just tipped me for that and I was like you know I started this for movies and this is my first tip <laughs> movie like I love this like I cannot this is amazing uh, so, yeah that's so great I love that <laughs> oh my gosh and so how long in terms of months did you camp for because I know that at some point you stopped so like, I'm still camping now like I have taken a break uh throughout the past four years yeah just to focus on film stuff but I canned so I started in May and I left, I didn't leave LA until September, mm -hmm. um, but I canned pretty much uh, all of that time. When I moved back to Virginia, it was a little bit more difficult because I had moved in with friends, but my friends were pretty sex positive. Like she had been um, like a regional manager for a well-known like sex store. She knew more than I did. Yeah. I was asking her for advice. I was like, what do these toys do? Like, <laughs> how do these work? Cause I literally, my sex life was so vanilla. <laughs> starting and I've learned so much about what I enjoy like yeah. I always tell this story this is super embarrassing but I'm gonna tell it anyway I always wore the cat ears and one of my regulars was like you should get a tail like a butt plug tail I was like okay we'll make this a huge show I've never done that I go to buy the tail and I'm just like uh, I don't know anything about this I just get whatever and then I show it to the room and they're like that's really big for your first time. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, the way I thought about it, I was like, because I think they were asking me in the store, like, what size? I was like, I don't know. Because I just imagined, I was like, well, I guess if it's smaller than a dick, it works, right? People have butt yeah. sex all the time. Oh but yeah, God. I was just really naive. And it's kind of <laughs> embarrassing to look back at. And it took so long for that butt plug to work. But, you know, I had a lot of support, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but what a freeing way to do that like what a great supportive way to be like I don't know and a lot of people going like uh honey hold up. Hold up. Hold up. enthusiasm <laughs> yeah so um getting back to your question yeah. I canned 
up until September and well, not until September, but in September, I moved to Virginia and I camped a little bit less just because even though they were supportive, it's hard. It's when hard. You have You're, roommates. Yeah. So I, I started waitressing and camming, but then eventually I lived on my own and I really started taking camming even more seriously because like I said, my writing partner was in my ear like we're trying to put this together we're trying to put this together but in in the meantime it was like I'm also trying to put myself together Mm -hmm. like my life literally like blew up like it just fell to pieces everything was just such a mess like I was really rebuilding but yeah I took camming more seriously and right around when we were filming the kickstarter video for justice girl kick ass the model that I was talking about before who I watched announced that she was having a contest for any model to cam with her and the only you know it could be any cam score it could be any length of time uh working as a model just so long I think she had like a minimum of like you have to at least cam this many hours a month you can't just like cam one hour a month and be eligible yeah and she was so smart about it she did it through paid votes the people had to pay her (laughs) to vote for the model they wanted and I just remember, though, Kickass is one of those ones who's in the top all the time. She's one of the ones, hundred dollars to $150,000 a month. Gee. And I just remember thinking, okay, first of all, I was so inspired by this person. And second of all, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> we could get it. Like, I mean, just even the exposure of being with her, it could help the film. Yeah. That's all I care about. You know, I, that's, I just wanted to do this. So I started busting my to win this contest I came up with deals I promoted it every day and I ended up winning this contest like I was like so I don't know if this makes much sense but my cam score was like 2,000 which is a decent cam score but these top models they've got like 20,000 cam scores or whatever so I'm just like this person that no one's really heard of and to me it was like oh my god like Again, it seems like one of those, like, universal things of, like, I was watching you, and I really was inspired by you. How funny that this is happening now. Like, I can't believe this. And she was, uh, she's in Mexico. Yeah. And never been out of the country before. (laughs) So, I got to go do that, you know? It was, I don't know. So, and then I, I, I lived in Mexico, actually, for three weeks, because I was only supposed to be there for three days. Um, but I'd never been out of the country and I was like, she was like, you can say I'm going, she was like, I'm going, you know, overseas to visit family. You can just live in my house if you want. I was like, holy crap. Like, what the heck? Um, and then right after that flew to New York to, to film the film, we got our Kickstarter money. Like I didn't even go back to Virginia. And then I just stayed in New York and I've been here ever since. That's incredible. Yeah, and so I've been, depending on the status of the film and things like that, I've been on and off with camming, and I recently have decided to, um, like, I'm really kind of back into it, but because I take so much time away for film stuff or to try to focus on acting and things like that, um, it's ironic because I said I always wanted it to be one thing, but then as I was doing this, I began to separate it, and I think I had a fear that I would only be camming, because you really have to be really committed on this site like you've got to have videos like I told you before we started recording literally I'm watching YouTube videos of the risky business dance because (laughs) okay I want to do like a risky business kind of themed night and I want it to be fun and silly and maybe I can do a photo set like let me learn the dance um but I I think I got this fear that I I would 
get stuck, I guess, which I, I don't know. I find that to be ironic, but now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm like, no, I'm back and I'm going to really do this. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a fear that we all have when you start one thing and when you're someone who's in general spread across like a few things that you like to do and you're just like, fuck, Mm -hmm. what if I like lose track of the other two sides of me? that yeah. I don't want to lose track of. But yeah. um, I think that it's really interesting. I watched, so yeah, I watched your YouTube video um, about the break that you took. And um, did you, so you say in the video that you stopped camming when you got a new agent uh, because you were just kind of afraid that it would. I was. What were you afraid of? That just people wouldn't take you seriously? I was afraid that people wouldn't take me seriously. And I was also, so I've been taking workshops in New York and literally, especially for commercials, they have literally said, you have to be so careful what you post on social media. Mm-hmm. You can't be one of those girls who gets followers from being naked. Procter and Gamble will never hire anyone like that. And I, I don't know. I was so open about it in the beginning, but then I just started having a lot of fear. Yeah. Uh, and I just felt like, like, I didn't have any fear about it in my personal life. You know, I always kind of was of the mindset that if somebody judges me for that, then I really don't want to be their friend anyway. Yeah. But I guess there was a part of me that was like, I don't know, a separation kind of began in my head. Yeah. And I listened to that fear for a little while. And I, I kind of did just go dark one day. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for that. But thankfully, you know, I've had supporters on MFC who have been – there for me like thick and thin like when I decided to come back they were there and like I don't know if you can see like all these hearts on the wall yeah um that's like from my first night coming back after kind of going dark or my first month after going dark how's all of their names you know like for um to have their name up there for a contest but I just it's been like two years or something since I've done that and I don't have the heart to take it down because I don't know. I just think it's sweet. <laughs> it's very and, sweet. Yeah. So I, I did. I got a fear about it. I got in my head about it. Um, I didn't care if anyone judged me personally. But and you don't I didn't wanna... think that. Sorry. Go ahead. You you don't want to sabotage yourself either. Like in terms of your other career, like you don't want that to prevent you from. Yeah. But there was a part of me that was like, well, so many people these days, yeah, they strip to support themselves. Like Kathleen Hanna, who was one of my, you know, from Bikini Kill was a stripper when she was trying to get uh, herself together with music. So many people have done this. I mean, you know, the scandal of a sex tape, who cares anymore? I mean, I would even think, too, at the time, it's like. Melania Trump, our first lady, has nudes. Yeah. No one, like, it's like, okay. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal in some ways, but in some, them, to some people it is, I guess. And I think in general, too, maybe that fear came from, uh, I was just in a place where I was really rediscovering myself because I had been a serial monogamist in mm-hmm. all of my 20s. And here I was, uh, and am still in some ways, just really kind of, discovering myself on my own Mm -hmm. and I think that you know you try on different things you do different things and I think that I just I had a lot of fear in general not even just with um you know what people in the industry might think of my camming or whatever but I think just in life I was just kind of going through a lot where I was afraid yeah and then so you got your kickstarter money you got the film made you got the film into Three different festivals. Mm-hmm. How did that feel? Uh, in 
insane, especially, uh, <laughs> oh my God, it was like such a moment of like, like I feel like my film and our film that we all made together, I feel like the main character is like my child, you know what I mean? It's like, it really felt like a coming together of the universe. Like it just felt like this moment of like, all of this was meant to be, it was just, unbelievable and the last festival that we went to was outfest this past summer my writing partner and i we would always talk about years ago before it was made we want to get into outfest when we finished the first draft i literally called world of wonder like rupaul's uh production company i was like so how do i send this to you guys like (laughs) you know like what's going on hi you know we were you know and we actually had um you know, another kind of weird, like you put things onto the universe and I do think that you get them. Yeah. Sorry yeah. guys. I forgot to mention the film is called dressed as a girl and the Just links will be in the description. Thank you. And, uh, we had, we ended up, okay. Years later, we would, we would like fantasize about, okay, who from RuPaul's Drag Race would be this character, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> years later, we got Milan from season four of RuPaul's Drag Race was in our film. Oh my God. So it just seemed like, how do I describe this? It seemed like, I don't want to say a miracle because that sounds corny, but it just seemed like, <laughs> oh my God, aligned. like dreams can come true. Like, yeah. you know, just put it out there and really believe. And it felt like a blessing, but we got into Outfest. We'd always talked about getting into Outfest. We didn't submit to Outfest last year. And we just got a, an email saying that we got in. Like, we were rejected from Outfest our first year. Yeah. And then we did New Fest, and we did the Portland Film Festival. We did a, another one here called New Filmmakers. Mm-hmm. We just thought that was that. We didn't submit to a million different places. But then out of nowhere, and this is corny, but I was literally, like, meditating. I was doing a meditation for, like, <laughs> remove negative energy. And then I get a text on my phone that's like, we're in Outfest. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, whoa, maybe there's something to this vibration stuff um but that also felt kind of triumphant too because i left la with my tail between my legs yeah feeling defeated it wasn't really my choice to leave no like i had to leave because i was just in a very dark place mentally and it was just too much so it was like i'm going back and i'm i'm gonna yeah for sure yeah and it's funny so we screened at the uh director's guild of america when I was in LA, I didn't have a car and I would take the bus and there's a casting studio down the street from the DGA. And I remember every time getting off the bus, walking past the DGA and walking to the casting place. And I always remember thinking like, I want to go in there. I wonder if I'll ever be able to go in there. And so then that's what happened though. Uh, you know, so it was just like. Such a good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think like that's such a like we were saying with Kelly and like you and I um, were saying at the beginning, it's such a like whenever you think that like, quote unquote, you failed or like life's failed you like there's it, it doesn't. Like, it's just a step in the, in, in a direction. Like we don't, you know, we think of things so freaking linearly and we're like, oh crap, I was going there and then I had to go like down or up or whatever. It's actually, yeah. it just went left and left and left and left and then just came back. <laughs> like, it was yeah. actually a loop. <laughs> and if my heart hadn't been broken, I might not have started camming at all and we wouldn't have the money for our film. The yeah. film would not have been made. We did not, without the people from MSC who donated, we would not have had, we wouldn't have made it. We would have been about half of our goal short. Yeah, that's incredible. So, so what's next? 
What is next? You know, that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) I've been approached by a couple people who want to make a comedy about camming. Yeah. Which I think would be interesting because most of what you see is so dramatic. Um, It's either kind of this, like, what you normally see is kind of maybe like a cinema verite type documentary. And it's so, you know, kind of dark or... I don't know. I feel like there's so much humor behind it and there are dark aspects, obviously. But I mean, Uh, I think like that's the symptom of any sex work is, you know, Mm -hmm. it's always got to be this tragic story of if it was the last resort and how could people do this free willingly and why would they like all this judgment that the society has put on sex workers of all kinds. So Mm -hmm. I totally understand how, and especially after talking to Tyler and stuff and like you sent in the email that we exchanged, you were like, I uh, like my most successful fetish uh, videos are about sneezing and like Tyler's talking about sneezing as well. I'm like, it is, it is a thing that people do and it works because there is a demand because we live in a society where people want it. Can we just address the fact that this is, there for that. <laughs> exactly. And it's funny too because, you know, I think about relationships and stuff like that. And I sometimes think to myself, like, oh, it's ironic. Like, I am doing this, but I'm so old fashioned at heart and I just want to <laughs> be with one person. But then I was like, but well, wait a minute, this is the oldest profession there is. So I am old fashioned still. Like, it's the oldest profession, though. <laughs> like, it's never going away. That's true. It's true. How do you feel, like, while we're on the subject, how do you feel about your dating life now? Has it changed? There is no dating life. (laughs) There is none. And I'm honestly, you know, I'm doing a lot of work right now because, as I've said, you know, I had a really, I did have a really rough upbringing and um, everything that happened when my ex-partner left, it just, it was a really, really rough time. So Mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot of self-work lately. Like, I'm finally in a in therapy and actually doing a form of therapy with a therapist that's awesome and it actually feels like it's helping a lot yeah and I don't know I just kind of feel like I really I spent so much time in my life really being with other people and catering to other people I like I do like that life I'm not gonna lie like I'm a romantic at heart like you know I want I want all the love that there is um but um I just don't think it would be healthy you know I've had Um, feelings for people and you know they can't you know commit sometimes and honestly I think that it it can take maybe a very not I don't want to make this out to seem like more than it is but I maybe it would take like a stronger person to be accepting that I do this ultimately it'd be really cool to meet someone who's like my partner in crime like they're like yeah let's like work on this together that'd be cool but yeah I don't really have any dating life and I don't really think it would be a good idea for me to mm-hmm. because I don't know I don't want to sound bad but it's like I don't want the drama <laughs> like, <laughs> I just really want to make some more stuff really establish myself you know do well in film do well in my life and then maybe somebody else can come along because I gave a lot of myself to some people yes and yeah No, and I am so, like, I love hearing that from, you know, strong, empowered women because it's such, it was such a thing, like, when when my life blew up, um, and I talk about this in my book, and, like, it's, like, I talk about the falling apart a lot, but then, like, it's kind of harder in terms of, like, storytelling to go into the quote-unquote boring part where you build yourself back up. 
because like that can look so differently for so many different like at the beginning my putting myself back together was just like getting super hammered and having lots of sex with strangers like that was my part of the process that's how my body wanted it Uh and then then for a while I basically literally said exactly what you were just saying I "I have so much shit to do (laughs) like I have things that I want to do that only I want to do for me Mm-hmm. that I want to decide and have complete control over. And once exactly. I can feel like I have a grasp on that, then maybe I'll think about it. And exactly. That's exactly how I feel. It's, you know, I, I, I am a romantic at heart. I think it's just part of my nature. But, you know, I redecorated my bedroom the other day and I was like, you know, I don't even want to discuss that with anyone else. Like, <laughs> I just want to do my own thing. I just want to establish myself. And, you know, I've had bad relationships with people that I met on Cami, yeah. people can become controlling. Um, there's something about working in this industry where it can bring out insecurities of other people. Like I, maybe it doesn't take a strong person. It takes a very secure person yeah. to date someone who is working in an industry like this. For sure. Um, so yeah, I just really, I don't know. It's like, we just need to do our own thing. It's and then true. maybe someone else can, yeah. Like, I always think of the quote from Cher where it's like, um, you know, I, I don't need a rich man. I am a rich man. Yeah. <laughs> and then are, there are a, a luxury. It's like, you know, you you and you love She's Like, I love dessert. Like, men are like dessert. And like, I love dessert. And it's like, yeah, like or a partner, like whoever yeah, you want to yeah, end yeah. up with and things like that. I'm just quoting Cher. But, yeah. you know, I don't know. I just think that there's something about I think I learned, too, when when my ex left me in LA it's like I really did kind of give myself away and then they took a lot of it with them mm-hmm. and I didn't have any friends um you know it's so- I always used the relationship not as a crutch but it was always like well everything sucks whatever but I'm with you and I yeah. love you and I love our life and <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that but I think that <laughs> no, you learned the hard way and and, and like I remember yeah. also like last year I kept saying because last year everything was kind of like in in the air for me and I was like moving and changing things and it was like a lot of insecurity in the air and and I chose every bit of that insecurity for myself you know I was like I can always go back there is nothing that you know I can nothing none of this is that dramatic because it's just me and I can just leave again or or stay or whatever and then I remember when things started to be really good I was just like people because you know we're in our late 20s early 30s like we were like why are you single blah blah bullshit bullshit like social pressure to like be in a relationship and a monogamous one and like have plans you're like fuck that shit and I remember (laughs) legitimately telling people I was like my life's pretty fucking awesome right now and yeah. my experience of relationships has been very unhealthy in the sense that I heard myself say, I don't want to, I don't want to have to worry about someone. Like it wasn't like, oh, I wish I had the support. It was like, oh, thank fuck. I don't have to worry about like yeah. pushing someone else or carrying someone else, which is ridiculous. That's not what relationships should feel like. Exactly. Yeah. But that was my experience. And I, and I remember saying like, it would take someone pretty awesome to just add to my life like they like yeah. I was like not ready to give any of it away yeah I, yeah I agree with you 100% I need like when I think of maybe an ideal partner it's like uh they've got to have something going on for themselves yeah. <laughs> too like they've got to be you know 
And I don't know, I, like I said, I am a huge romantic at heart. I have had feelings for people throughout the years of this, but I also recognize that I've just got a lot of inner work to do, mm-hmm. you know, because it was my pattern. Yeah. As soon as the relationship ended, and I'm talking about like three-year relationship, one-year relationship, whatever, I was just like, it was like, I felt like the universe threw it at me. I was never looking, you know? And it's just like another one started, and oh, okay, don't give up on love, oh, great. Um, <laughs> But ultimately, yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, I learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's such a beautiful lesson as well. The fact that you are now doing your work and like working on yourself. It's like, you know, like you were saying about the film, like it, you needed that to be where you are today. And that's if that's our life, that's OK. You know, like, yeah, like it sucks. It sucks big time. But, yeah. but the benefits at the end, I mean, with hindsight, of course, but. Yeah, and it's just like my whole life changed from camming. I went from, like I said before, digging in my couch for change to buy ramen or to pay our rent in change to being my own boss um, to being able to be creative and able to afford just basic necessities in life and then a film, you know. Obviously, there's cons that come with every everything, but yeah, if my... As much as it hurt when my ex hurt me like that when they left, as much as my life was in chaos, uh, you know, it was just a horrible... It was like the... I always say it was the worst time of my life ever and the best. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, none of that would have happened if uh, I hadn't gone through all those things. And sometimes that can be hard to remember, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're really feeling sad. Yeah. You know, you feel like everything's the end. But... I don't know. I try to strive and remember that. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest thing you've learned from camming? Like, what do you think was like the biggest lesson? Boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boundaries. Do they just like scream at uh, you, or <laughs> uh, do you do the do your boundaries just scream at you now? You just know where to place them. You're like, oh, there, there it is. <laughs> Yeah, no, because like I said, when I first started, I did not know anything. And I was just so like wide eyed and naive. And I, you know, I will, I think a part of me will always be kind of like, ah, okay, like, let's see the good in every single thing. Um, But, you know, I would log on and I would, even if I wasn't broadcasting, I would talk to people, I would talk to people. I just wanted to know about them. I was lonely. I thought they were lonely. I was like, let's just fucking talk. Like, let's be friends. Like, let's do all of this. And people would tell me, I've never talked to a model as much as I talk to you. And, um, you know, which I think is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing about the site that I'm on. And like I said, like, I've met so many wonderful people. Like my birthday last month in my personal life, was very lonely but I celebrated it online and one of my members they were like open up my webcam and they had gotten a unicorn cupcake with a candle you know it's just so sweet and honestly like my birthday this year I was so lonely so sad but online with all of the people that I know on the site they they really cared and I care about them you know it's um but I was just so open and didn't know what I was doing that I would fail to see red flags. Yeah. And I had a couple scary experiences with people. And I also had, I think, like a little bit of people-pleasing mentality, mm-hmm. you know. And I always want to be nice. Uh, not always want to be nice, but 
there are people who are watching cam girls and they want to see them rage they want to see them lose their mind they want to see them fail uh like every cam girl that is broadcasting at all times is being recorded by people. Yeah. There's groups on Twitter who are watching models, like judging them all the time. And so I was afraid of like um, being too harsh or something like it was because you don't want like the trolls to come and yeah. raid your room and all these things. And, but I think that, Oh, sorry. It's New York. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. There's noise, but um. <laughs> Yeah, uh, now it's kind of like, you know, I don't get as attached, I guess, to newer people until I know that they're like, yeah. you know, that they're not going to be scary or if somebody's coming in my room and they're just being a dick, I'm just like, okay, you're being a dick, goodbye. Yeah. You know, it's very much like I'm, I'm better at uh, knowing my boundaries um, and that leads over into my personal life as well. For you know? sure. Um. So, yeah, because I would have people that would just really take advantage of my nice nature. Like, they would want to uh, – I used to have my kick, I guess, yeah. where people could get it. They would talk to me 24-7 all the time. And, like, I was, um, you know – and then they would ask for, like, all these free things. And, yeah, I just didn't know anything about boundaries and just being like, uh, hey, no, you need to stop. Yeah. Um, or spotting red flags immediately. I didn't really, I wasn't as good at that in the mm -hmm. beginning, which led me to kind of two really scary situations. So what? boundaries is one thing. Um, <laughs> for how, sure. How scary, if you don't mind my asking. Yeah. Well, um, one of the, I got very close to a member because like I said, I was like, yeah. I just wanted to see the good in everyone. And I was like, it's a lonely world, and we're, uh, you know, we're Trying chatting or whatever, connecting. And um, I used to go by a different name because for a while I just didn't want to use my first name because you, there's a lot of stalkers and crazy people yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, even when I was in Mexico, the woman I came with has a stalker who will send her screenshots of her house Ooh. from Google Maps. And he actually tried to trick me when I was there into giving her address by pretending to be the Italian police. Like, like it was just insane. Like, mm -hmm. uh, people will go the distance, I guess. But I got more comfortable with using yeah. my first name later on. But at this time, I wasn't using my first name. And um, uh, he started pressuring me to use, to give him my real name. Because we would talk on Skype and things like that, like, just to be friends and things yeah. like that. And he wanted to help me be a better cam model, like, all of these things. Like, and, you know, there was a part of me that was really lonely and, you know, I just enjoyed having a friend. Yeah. And, but I wasn't ready yet to reveal everything. Like, when we were going to the, uh, when I had to go to New York for the Kickstarter, he literally wanted to come from New Jersey to Virginia and drive me to New York. And he was really not he didn't understand why I said no. Was like, <laughs> I don't know you. I'm not getting in a car with you. What no. the fuck? Yeah. Um, but he started pressuring me to tell him my information, where I lived, my real name, like everything. And he would guilt me about spending tokens on me. He would say, I'm starving myself. I'm just drinking sugar water. Um, you know, I tip, I tipped you so much on your birthday. Like, and, um, he wanted me to pay him to be my room helper. 
all this stuff. But then one day, okay, here's the scary thing. We're talking and he calls me and he goes, look, I need your real name right now because I'm going to go kill myself. And I want to put your name as the beneficiary to everything I have. And I was like, what? Now, first, like, obviously, you always take threats like that very seriously. Yes. Um, But when it comes to to when people are saying, I'm going to kill myself if you uh, don't do X and X, Y, Z, that is emotional blackmail. Yes. You take it seriously, but you don't give in. Like, so I because I, I could tell that I was damned if I did and damned if I didn't. If I said my name, he'd be like, oh, you selfish whore. I, I was going to kill myself and you were just going to yeah. take it all. Or, and if I don't, then he's going to just do it anyway. Yeah. And so basically um, what I told him was, look, I'm not giving you my name, but I'm going to hang up. I'm going to call the police and I'm going to give them your phone number and they're going to find you. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, but it was really scary because I did care about this person. I cried and begged with them to stop. For, yeah. for as long as I could before I hung up and called the police. Yeah. You know, and then here I am, you know, worried all night. And he was online the next day, you yeah. know. Yeah, of course. But you don't know yeah. that stuff. And, and yeah, I think that's, fuck, that's scary, first of all. But second yeah. of all, you're right. It just, it teaches you your own boundaries and your own, like, yeah. what, you know, what you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to let this happen by my yeah. actions. Again, if I can help it, you know, if. And then there's, like, self-blame, too, a little bit, where it's, like, was I too open with this person? You know, you have to remember that it's just, it's an interesting industry. And when he was guilting me about tokens, it's, like, when I get close to someone I don't that's not important like I would rather you take care of yourself than spend on me and things like that but it was just I think now you know if any if your cam model and any person is like I want to help you be a better cam model you know be wary (laughs) (laughs) and they're like I want like you know it was just that I but I didn't know you know and yeah because there's no rule book no one's like here's the school for camming these are the things to watch out for and I feel kind of like an idiot, you know, it's kind of <laughs> like, man, I, I should have known better. I should have had better boundaries, but you don't know yeah, until you learn a scary situation because I trusted them. Yeah. You know, I was just like, yeah, I'll talk to anyone. Like, okay. Like we can work together. Um, I actually, uh, yeah, it was just crazy, you know? So, well, I'm so glad you're okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's, that's so important. I think with everything that you do, um, we just don't give ourselves enough credit for the shit that we figure out by ourselves. And like you're saying, like you're blaming yourself for not knowing better, but like, how the fuck are you supposed to like, where, you know, where were you supposed to learn that lesson if you didn't make the mistake? Like sometimes that's just how we learn. Yeah. And then there's this whole idea of like, well, if you guys are, you know, friends, well, why didn't you just tell him your name and things like that? And it's like, well, safety is an issue, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know, that can be a touchy subject as well. It's kind of like, I don't know, I care about the people who have always been so supportive and, you know, kind and things like that. But it's just, I don't know, been it was that was just a really scary experience that definitely helped me to learn a little bit more about what is safe to really put yourself out there with and it takes a lot now for me to open up more to a member and to be more open about things 
So, yeah. but it, it's good because now you you know to say that as well, and so you can be like, "Hey, guys, sh- straight up, it'll take me a while to you know." And there's no false expectations on either end, and you can be much clearer in your communication, which is always beneficial. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I will talk to anyone about anything, and it honestly, I'm a super sensitive person. So when someone is nice in my room and they're tipping really well, it's like, I do care. Like, I yeah. want to know who you are. I want to know what you do. I want to know all of this stuff. Um, but I just have to remember my safety too at the end of the day. Absolutely. And that was, I don't know, hard to learn. And I've definitely too, when I first started, I had a moment of, um, of loneliness, I guess, because I did realize one day uh, after maybe a month of doing it, I was like, you know, I think I had gone to an audition and I logged onto MFC on my phone to chat. And I don't know what happened, but for some reason I just started feeling like, you know, I literally think about these people all the time. I want to talk to them all the time, but maybe for some of them, it's not it's not like that yeah. maybe it's kind of like I'm just this thing you see when you log on and you don't really know me yeah maybe I can't be too too sad and you know you can't be like a as not as authentic but you gotta put on a happy face yeah. and things like that but I have had you know a lot of really really amazing people who who have treated me so wonderfully like and who do care if I'm feeling a certain kind of way. But I did have a moment after my first month of camming where I was like, I'm starting to view all these people as my friends and I really care about them. And I'm thinking about them a lot. Like I want to talk and say, Hey, but maybe that's not what they're here for. Yeah. And (laughs) it's not everyone, you know, for sure. And that was really interesting to hear about with uh, Tyler as well. It was just like, it's a big, um, community and I think people don't know that when they're outside of it there is no there's no like there's the understanding of like yes people long on and they want to pay to see a butthole like you know like that's that's the concept conception of the industry from the outside and so I just really appreciate the fact that you would come on and talk about it because I think uh, demystifying a lot of sex work and sex related issues is what we need to do as a society in general to feel yeah less lonely and less secluded and less weird and less judged and you know be able to sometimes unlock some of these things um that are on our minds or that you know are our kinks or or whatever it is and I think that it's really it's really important I agree you know I have this joke though too that I tell in my room because I always say you know if I ever really make it in film you know, if I go get an Oscar, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to say, I want to thank the people who believed in me first, the people of my free camp. Start reading out their screen names. Like, ask Pancakes, thank you so much. You know, and then cue the music really fast and cut to commercial. But it's been a, it really is like, I think a lot of people, there are maybe some sites out there where it is like, Hey, this is what I want. Yeah. Then that's it. I'm going to leave. But, and that's, that's okay. That's yeah. the nature of things too. But there is an importance in community, especially on the site that I'm on. And I've met, so I've met filmmakers, yeah. you know, that are in the industry. They were my members. I thought it would be cool to maybe one day make a film where it's like, all right, I hire all the people from my freaking <laughs> <laughs> I Let's love do something it. like that. Yes. I can't wait to see that movie. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Ashley. I'm so happy we got to do this.
Um, you guys will be posting all of her links in the description, so feel free to check it out. If you have any questions, we'll be reachable on Twitter and other <laughs> platforms. So see you on the next episode of One of Us Doing Something Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on here. Thank you. You're so welcome. All right, bye, guys. Have a good Friday. Have a good weekend. Bye.